Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without a glimpse of the light. Running tired and broken and scared, but I swear I'll never give up the fight. Take a journey of adventure and discovery for the enigmatic giants of the forests. Read On the Trail of Bigfoot by Mike Dupler. The author himself describes it this way. Having found possible Sasquatch evidence, namely trees driven into the ground upside down, thought to be territory markers, led me to investigate this creature in my native Ohio. Several years and many forays into Bigfoot territory, I have found incredible evidence, which inspired my book, On the Trail of Bigfoot. Bigfoot is alive and has many fantastic abilities. The evidence is out there for all to see, but you need to know what to look for. My book will inspire those who have answered the call to seek this elusive creature, the Bigfoot. The truth is out there. Read On the Trail of Bigfoot by Mike Dupler. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and IndieBound.org. Green County, Pennsylvania, was unknown to paranormal enthusiasts until the Kevin Paul Amazon bestseller, Haunted Hills and Hollows, What Lurks in Green County, Pennsylvania, revealed the phenomena lurking in and the haunted history of the southwestern corner of the Keystone State. Even more high strangeness can be found in book two of the series, Kevin Paul's Haunted Hills and Hollows 2, still lurking in Greene County, Pennsylvania. One thing is certain, it is nearly impossible to be alone in Greene County. These riveting books, Haunted Hills and Hollows, and Haunted Hills and Hollows 2, by author Kevin Paul, in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks, are available now 
on Amazon. You have tuned into Gary. What? Oh, yeah. JC, the Hitman Show. Now on Mondays. Don't forget to tune into the legend himself, Gary Anderson. Soon celebrating 51 years. That's, that's, carry the three minus two times two. That's, that's a long time. 51 years in broadcasting. But first, before we get to that, here's the hitman, J.C. And that is me. I am J.C. the Hitman. And we're here today with another show covering the strange, the weird, the scary, the ghostly, paranormal, and much, much more. And we have a terrific guest today. But before we get to the guest, as usual, there's some goings on in the paranormal news. And this, well, recently there are some paranormal investigators that had captured an image of an entity at uh, the Galloway Ferry Fort. And I believe that's in uh, Ireland. But anyway, the image looks like uh, what they described as a shape-shifting being shape-shifting into a wolf. Now, I've looked at the image. I don't know. I didn't see that, but I wasn't there. But however, um, some claim that, you know, it was just the way the lighting was and the foliage in the background. It's hard to say. I know they can play tricks and there's, you know, uh, pareidolia and all that going on. But I don't know. Anyway, it's a very unique-looking image. And there is a long history of some paranormal activity with the Fae and and those type beings, supernatural entities going on there. So that's why they went out there to begin, to begin with. So hopefully they come out with some more information on this. But until then, well, we'll just keep on, keep on trying to find out what's going on with it. I don't know. I, I have doubts about it. Anyway, my guest is Terry Lynn uh, Keel today. Now, she has spent many years since the 70s encountering evil things, paranormal things, and a whole bunch of other occurring things that have, of the unknown that has brought her through many intense happenings, sightings, encounters, and experiences throughout her life. Now, she has spent many years helping people with paranormal problems as well. She also believes that we are spiritual beings on a human journey, and truth is much stranger than fiction. This journey never ceases to amaze. And Terry, I got to agree with you on on sometimes the uh, truth is stranger than fiction. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and that's true. <laughs> oh boy, yes. You know, it always amazes me with investigators or just people online or whatever. They try to embellish so much, but sometimes you don't even need to do that. You know? No, no, not at all. Yeah, because you're there's so much out there that is really stranger than the truth. Oh my goodness! Um, so, what age were you, Terry, uh, when you first had your I don't know your first paranormal experience? I guess you could say. Oh my goodness! I was about five years old in my very first experience, but um, I had so many that got. Uh, deeper and deeper into a lot of darkness as I aged. And um, there's just so many, you know, sometimes I don't even know where to start. Um, But just mentioning, I have seen angels that would just appear in the room. I have seen many demonic forces that would just appear, as well as some extraterrestrial. We probably won't talk about any of that tonight. But um, 
you know, the different spiritual realms that are open to us here while we're alive, we're always reaching out. And I wasn't reaching back. And the one thing I can say, and I always like to point this out to listeners, we don't have to be searching for any of this. We don't have to be uh, dealing with Ouija boards or even any type of spiritual thing. These things will happen throughout our lives, and each one of us will most likely have one, if not a thousand, of these experiences in our lives. A lot of people like to block them out or not talk about them or think that they might have just been you know, a digestion issue, like mystic pizza, and all of a sudden you have a crazy dream. Uh, They want to blame it on everything except the truth. Yeah, boy. uh, Yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of that going on. Um, Hey, Terry, why do you think that all these different beings were coming to you at such a young age? I think that they come to all of us at a young age. And um, most people, most children don't discuss it with their parents because they're afraid to. And a lot of times, um, even if you haven't had something, it may have frightened you into actually forgetting it. I've talked with thousands of people over the years, and they all agree, yes, I was fearful of the closet door being closed. It was dark. Something always bothered me. I was fearful of under the bed. I was fearful for being in the room with the lights off. I was fearful for walking down the hall to the restroom at night. I was fearful to be alone in the house. You know, um, they don't understand why. But they knew and did acknowledge all these different issues. And there is a really good reason for it. Yeah, um, there's so much going on. And, you know, as a young, how many times have you heard, you know, when I was younger, I had this experience and and I did tell my parents, but they told me I was just having a bad dream. I mean, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and where do you think this comes from? Is it in our genes that, you know, the claws at the end of the bed, it seems like a reoccurring thing throughout history? I don't. I actually do believe that when each one of us are born, we have an innate inward ability to worship God. We also are literally chased or pursued by a non-godly entity. Some people want to call it a demon. Some people want to call it Satan. Some people want to call it a lot of different things. I call it Satan, the enemy, because we were created in God's image. We're, you know, body, soul, and spirit. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we're unique to everything else that's been created. We're the apple of his eye. Nothing else has been created like we have. We're actually created in his image. Nothing else is. Not otherworldly beings or otherworldly dimensional beings or things from under the earth, in the earth, around the earth. Angels are not even really like us. You know, they have a chiseled perfection. We are not all perfect. And we're we're sequestered to a degree when we're little, uh, we're actually attacked. And the reason for that is to keep us from going into spiritual issues that could benefit us. And that's why every little kid is afraid of the dark or afraid of something. Mm. And 
you know, I really do believe it's a spiritual battle for our souls. And it starts very young. Yeah, and because there's a lot of reports of that for sure. Um, I know when when you were young, and you mentioned all these beings coming to you, did demons come to you? And if they did, how did they ever try to mimic something that wasn't a demon to try to fool you? Yes, I uh, I call that one the familiar spirit, and uh, that was back in gosh, somewhere maybe in the 80s, I want to say, that one sprung up. I wasn't really a little child at the time, but um, I was in my room, and I had just sat down on my bed. It was broad daylight, probably 11 o'clock, you know, very bright outside. I lived in St. Petersburg, Florida, and, you know, my drapes were open. The house was flooded with light and all of a sudden something caught my left eye and I looked up and there was a man standing in my doorway and I knew the man and the man was to this day alive you know he was alive then and I thought it was this man and I said to him John what are you doing in my house And he didn't respond. And I thought, that's weird. Why isn't he talking? You know, and as I looked at him, I mean, he was fully clothed with Sirachi sandals on. He had a white T-shirt, a pair of blue jeans. Uh, He had longer hair, kind of curly to his shoulders. Very handsome man. I had previously about maybe four years earlier, five years earlier, been engaged to him, but broke it off. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself as I'm looking at him, knowing who he is, why are you standing in my house? And when he didn't respond, I said, John, what are you doing in my bedroom? And the minute I said that, and I'm telling you, I could have gotten up and touched this person standing there. It was a real human person, full-bodied apparition standing there. All of a sudden, this face changed His face was no longer the man that I knew, but it started morphing right before my eyes. And the fear that gripped me was so powerful, I was frozen. And when people say they were frozen in fear, that is a very real term. I could not move. I couldn't move a single muscle in my body. I was so afraid of having seen a human being standing there, and now it's turning into another creature Mm. and this face started coming out of where his face was and it was frightening and this all happened in nanoseconds but there was a tornadic spin that this thing started going into if you can even imagine this and that's why i couldn't move not only was i scared i was dumbfounded i mean i'm like what the heck is that you know what the heck and um i remember being so frozen i wanted to call out to the lord but even though i knew the lord and had known the lord for many years i couldn't think of his name the fear took the power of my mind to focus and make any sense of anything. They have this power, these spirits. These are demonic spirits, and and they are not to be... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pursued not to be engaged. And here I was talking to it and I was engaging it without even knowing. I thought it was John standing there. Yeah, it was. It was. It, well, it was trying to fool you to, to lull you in. And, and uh-huh. first of all, I, and I, it did. Yeah, right. And I, I couldn't imagine, you know, you look up and there's a, somebody, you know, and you're and it looked real, like a real, like it was really him, right? I mean, real. Right, it really did. And so, you know, I wasn't fearful. I was like, John, you know, and I mean, I loved this person at one time in my life. So it wasn't like I was afraid of him. And that is what is a familiar spirit. It comes to you, familiar to you, and exactly as you remembered him. But then it starts its taunting and its torture of you. And the fear that it embeds upon you is just off the charts. I mean, had I not experienced that myself, I don't know that I could have ever been able to believe that somebody could be frozen in fear. Yeah. I don't know that I would have ever been able to wrap my mind around that concept. Right. Now, the, the reason it came there, obviously, I don't think you invited it there. Do you think it got in your no. brain and maybe it was a revenge thing for you helping somebody? Or, or what do you think the reason for that even happening? Well, I was a Christian at the time. I believed in God. And I believe that these spirits believe because they're very committed to what they're doing. They're very committed to destroying us and and causing us not to keep our faith in God or Jesus, but they want us to take our faith and be so fearful that that we don't know what to believe in. They want to confuse us. And, you know, the Lord says, perfect love casts without fear. Well, I believed that. And and this is the most powerful thing about this testimony. Um, what happened was, as I was frozen in fear, I heard in my left ear a very kind and loving, supportive voice say, see his name. And I knew he was talking about Jesus. And I thought, oh, no, no, I, th- I think it has I think it has a J. And all of a sudden, a J appeared right before my eyes. But I still couldn't say Jesus. And then another letter came to me. And I thought, I think I think there's an E in there somewhere. There's got to be at least one E. And then J and E were stacked together, but I still could not comprehend the name Jesus. That's how much fear I was in. Now, remember, this was happening within seconds. Right. And then I said, oh, my God, I, I think, I think, I think there's an S. And when I saw J-E-S, and now this is so powerful, I screamed out loud, Jesus! And the minute I did, this thing stopped the tornadic spin, turned around, 
still looking like John now, back to John, and ran out of my bedroom and slammed the door in my son's bedroom down the hall. And I mean slammed it like almost, it sounded like it might have even flown right off the, the, you know, the door holders, whatever those things are called. And, you know, I, I jumped up and I ran outside and I mean, like a lightning bolt, I bolted out of that bed and I went outside and stood in the front yard and I was in the sunshine. I was scared out of my mind. All the hair was standing straight up on my body. And I, I was just freaked out. And then it occurred to me, oh my God, that thing ran into my son's bedroom. Yeah, that's scary too. Yeah, he's going to be coming home from school. I can't let him go in there with that thing in there. So I had to make a decision to go back in the house alone because I was home alone and I had to find that thing and get it out. And I kept saying, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love will cast out fear. And I thought, oh, my God, if that was ever true, let it be true now, God. Let it be true now because, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And I opened the door. And like I said, broad daylight, I'm turning on the living room light. Okay, it's still broad daylight. And it's so bright in the house. But I turned the lights on anyway because it was just I was just freaked. Right. Well, that, I didn't know what to expect next. And then I went into the den and I turned the lights on going from the living room to the den and then into the study. I turned the lights on going through the study and in the hall. I turned the lights on in the hall. Something very, very powerful, JC, happened to me when I uh, put my hand on the doorknob. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a scripture that says, yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I shall fear no evil. When my hand hit that doorknob, I was anointed with the greatest power. It was absolutely mind blowing. You can't make this stuff up. I put my hand on that doorknob and it was like, boom. I just became engulfed and a flame with some form of power. I had literally walked so frightened from the front door to that door, but now my hand was on that door and I started turning that handle to go in and I'm telling you I was ready to kill that thing, take it apart bit by bit. And I thought to myself, I don't know what I'm going to see when I open this door, but it doesn't even matter. I am coming after you now, buddy. Yeah, well, you you got your son involved. That's even more scarier. You don't want your son to, yeah. Um, Exactly. And and I guess that empowered me. And so as I walked in the room and opened the door, there was not a thing there. I flipped on the light and I said, I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of my house now. And I had a rage where I was literally, I threw open the closet. I was looking under the bed. I was looking all over that room thinking, don't you hide from me, you creepy thing. You know, I'm going to find you. And I kept casting it out as I walked closer to the front door. I said, get out of here in Mm -hmm. Jesus name. You may not stay in my house. So did that, he wasn't there. So that got rid of it. He never came back again. He never came back again. Boy, what a never. what a scenario to see something mimics somebody that you, your loved one, and then for it to go in your your you know your son's room. That's got to be you know it. These are all um, 
I call them, I don't know, uh, like um, parlor tricks to really, you know, to, well, it frees you in fear. I mean, you I guess you were kind of at a fork in the road. You either had to face the fears and go in there and deal with this or just fold, you know? Yeah, and, and it really wasn't even a trick. I mean, this was something that he did intentionally. This, right. You know what I mean? They have, all demons have a purpose, you know, they're coming after us to destroy us. And this is why I'm so passionate about getting out here. People think that, you know, going on these missions to these haunted houses or those houses are haunted. That land could be possessed. Those things could be possessed that are in that house. They may have memory possessions. They may have familiar spirits there. You know, there are portals I've been in another thing that happened to me. I was in a hospital once um, right after my son Jason was born. So this was several years earlier. And uh, I just wasn't feeling well after the birth. And I had to go back to the hospital. I was passing out all the time. And uh, so they made me spend the night. And I remember being in this room and I didn't feel right. I kept feeling like, you know, I was going to pass out. I was tingly, if that makes any sense. Um, Just before you pass out, you get real tingly and it almost feels like you're real spongy. It's a very weird feeling before you faint. And, uh, And I kept doing that. And so I was ringing the nurse to come in and turn a light on because it had gone from morning to evening. And I thought if I have to get up, I don't know where I'm going. I can barely see. But if I wake up, I won't know where I'm going. Turn the light on, you know, and she wouldn't turn it on. And she said, no, you just sleep. You you stay in bed. And I thought, well, I'm not going to wet the bed. If I have to get up and go, I'm going to get up and go. And I need the light on. Well, she wouldn't put it on. And so I laid there and the door had closed And then it just popped open a tad little bit. And this woman had made me very angry because she just wouldn't oblige me. And I was too weak to get up and cross the room. And it had popped open just a tiny little bit. And as I laid there, this huge bright light entered the room. And there was no light on. This thing hovered from the, the door of this big, huge uh, wooden door and came and, and uh, was right directly over me. Oh, my. And I wasn't sure what that was. I'd never seen anything like that. And it scared me. And I was trying to ring for the nurse. And it was moving. And there was no face in it. It was a white orb, but it was massive. I mean, it was probably the size of a big beach ball. That is big. That's a big orb. That was a very big orb. And this thing was shining. It had a, a white, bright light to it. And you could not see through it. It was that big. And it was just hovered right over my bed. And... Uh, The doctor, you know, who I had seen earlier in that day, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. He said, I don't get it. We've tested your blood. We've tried this test. We did that test. We can't figure out what's wrong with you. And I thought, oh, great. You know, I just had a new baby. I need to get home. I need to get home to my son. And um, 
and now I'm in the hospital. So this is happening. And I'm getting afraid, but I'm thinking, what am I supposed to reach out and touch this? What am I supposed to do with that? You know, what the right. heck is that? Yeah, what do you do? And I, I did reach my right hand up to kind of touch it, but it backed away from me. And then I put my arm down because I was extremely weak. And I put my arm down and started trying to find the button to call for the nurse. And with that, this thing just disappeared. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Where did it go? (laughs) You know, I'm looking around the room. It's pitch dark in the room. You know, it's a pretty big room. I was in it all by myself. And I think I was like 21 years old at this time. I had just had Jason. So I was 21 and um, it was just a couple weeks after his birth. And uh, I finally ring the, the nurse and I tell her, look, I'm demanding that you put that light on because I have to get up. And she helped me get up. And then when she put me back in bed, she walked out and shut the light off again. I got up and turned the light (laughs) on. I walked over to the door and thought, enough of this. I'm going to do it myself. And I did. I dragged my little thing I was plugged into. You know, I had needles in my arms and stuff like that. And I opened the door and I flicked on a small light. And then I went and slept. I woke up the next day. The doctor came in and he goes, what? He said, all these tests that we took this morning, he said, uh, there's no reason for you to be here. You're completely healed. I got to tell you something, Terry. I've often thought about this because hospitals, there's a lot of deaths that go there. There's a lot oh, of people. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of people that bring their what I call spiritual baggage with them. And um, what a what a, a melting pot of things that could happen in hospitals. I mean, look at the old abandoned ones people go to to investigate. There's so much going on there. So, I mean, I can see how people may get, you know, visitors from maybe a spirit or two that's floating around in a hospital. Um, that could be uh-huh. that could be scary. Uh, for oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah, I do believe that they are definitely portal places. If you've ever spoken to a near-death experiencer, they will tell you with with no uncertainty that once they flatlined, that they were outside of their body. They rose up out of their body, saw their body, the doctors and the nurses all in the room working on their body. And they in, they usually ended up in the hall. And while in the hall, they saw spirits just roaming around. Many of them said, these spirits are there. They're yeah. in the hallways. They're all over the place. They haven't left. And she could have, t- she told the people that were interviewing her every single thing the doctors and the nurses discussed that she had already flatlined for and shouldn't have been able to. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus well to know they had called her dead and she's telling them 
what they said about her, what they used. And she said, if you look down underneath this, you'll see that you dropped something. And they never even knew they dropped it (laughs) in the rush for trying to save her life and bring her back and using the paddles. They dropped an instrument. She goes, yeah, it's under my, it was under my stretcher. And sure enough, there it was. Wow. You know, I I often wonder if they had some kind of glasses you could put on and look down on a hospital hallway, you would see two realms, all a bunch of spirits floating around and maybe regular people too. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, It is amazing. Now, I got to tell you, Terry, uh, we're going to have to take a commercial break, but before we go... Before we go, when we come back, I want to know if you've ever exercised any demons, and I'm not talking about, you know, running them on a treadmill for 20 minutes. I'm talking no, about... I sure have, <laughs> yep. <laughs> when, we, when we come back, we'll talk about that, but we're going to take a commercial break right now, and we'll be back in about, oh, about three minutes. Sounds great. Come along on a unique journey of adventure and discovery. Read on the Trail of Bigfoot, a first-hand account from paranormal researcher and skilled outdoorsman Mike Dupler on his many years of investigations into the Bigfoot phenomena and his personal encounters with these enigmatic creatures of the forest, complete with photographs. Don't delay. Order your copy today. This book will inspire those who have answered the call to seek this elusive creature, the Bigfoot. The truth is out there. On the Trail of Bigfoot by Mike Dupler. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and IndieBound.org. Do you remember the late nights? Do you remember the long drives all by ourselves? Never need no one else Do you remember the sweet talk The way we used to fight about the same old shit Always so full of vain Cause I miss the days when we were alive I miss the way your hand fits in mine We used to burn like forest fires Our faces made for each other's eyes We were alive, where did we go to die?
Hi, I'm Mark Muncy of Erie Travels. Check out Night Dreams Talk Radio with the Hitman. And that is me, and we are back. Uh, today we got a great guest, uh, Terry, on, and she's telling, talking to us about, well, demons, uh, evil entities, and other things that goes on out there that a lot of people just don't realize. And, and she has an ongoing fight with these things to help get rid of them and help people that have issues with them. And before we went on break, I asked her, has she ever exercised any demons and not on a treadmill? I mean, like, really exercise them. So I guess that brings us to the question, Terry, have you ever exercised these things from people? And um, how many times have you done this in your life? Oh, my goodness. Well, I started working with a church in Florida back in 1975. <laughs> so it's been a very long time. And um uh, you know, let me just read this one scripture. It's in Ephesians six twelve. It says, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood." So, JC, that would be me and you. We don't wrestle against one another, but what we do wrestle against is principalities, powers against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high and heavenly places. So that pretty much says it all, Ephesians 6.12. And anybody that wants to check that out, go ahead, open your Bible. Doesn't matter what rendition you own, that's what it says. We're literally wrestling against spiritual forces and wickedness in the heavenly places. And so, yes, many times I have had to do uh, very serious cleansings. And one was... Um, in, in 2016, that this one really stood out. There were several that were pretty creepy, but this one stood out. I was coming home from a demonic cleansing um, that I had gone to with my husband, and I was just absolutely wiped out. This really does take a lot out of me spiritually and emotionally, mentally, physically, when I do it because I have to go in knowing I'm not fighting that person. I'm fighting a spirit they've let control them and enter their mind and their soul. And it's a fight that is often just really tiring. And uh, I'll tell you about a, a couple others, uh, or just maybe one, um, where I have dreams before I get the phone calls. And um, that actually started happening to my husband as well. We'll talk about that. But anyway, I was coming home from this one. And um, I laid down in bed. I was absolutely exhausted. And I remember thinking after drinking a bottle of water, oh, my gosh, I can hardly keep my eyes open. The minute I shut my eyes, this face came right out of that darkness when you close your eyes in a dark room, you know, getting ready to go to bed. And it came right up to my face and it was very frightening. I wasn't expecting it. And it was so frightening looking. Um, it looked like a black hooded, wicked face, just something that you would expect to see on, you know, a scary movie of some sort, you know, peeping through a window or something. But it just came at me just lickety split. And I jumped back. I opened my eyes and jumped back and was like, whoa, I don't think so. 
And so I sat up in bed and started rebuking it. And this thing was fighting me. I could feel the power of that moment when it came at me that fast, almost like it was trying to hold me down. And I thought, no, 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 you've got that wrong. You know, that's the attitude I had. And I got very angry and said, I command you in the name of Jesus to leave me alone, leave this house, get out that front door right this minute, right now. And I thought, if it does anything else, I'm getting up and opening the front door. Well, it left. And I felt this wonderful peace come over me. And I thought, okay, let's try this again. And I laid back down and closed my eyes and fell fast asleep. My husband, who had to get up at about five o'clock to drive three cities away to go to work, got up early because he had a good almost two hour drive. So he gets up and it's just barely light out. Just, you know, light is just now coming up and he gets his coffee and he opens the front door and he goes, Oh my goodness. And I thought, Oh, what's wrong? You know? And so I get up, of course, I throw my my um, bathrobe on and I head to the front door and he flicks on the outside light. There's probably, if not 2,000, 3,000 dead bugs at my front door. Okay, Terry, I got to tell you something. When yeah. you see that many bugs at your front door, that that is, that is some <laughs> kind of red flag to start your day, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I looked at it and I thought, what the heck? We hadn't sprayed. We hadn't had, you know, the spray people come and spray. And there were so many dead bugs at my front door. And I went, oh, I said to Kevin, no, you know what? I cast that demon out the front door and that thing was freaked out mad. Yeah, I bet it left a trail. killed those bugs on the way out and cast them at my door. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What? What a sight that must have been. So let me ask you then, these... We took pictures of that. Yeah, these demons, they must get in your mind and they must, they know your fears. They must use your fears against you, I would imagine. Is that a trait that these things do? Yes, I don't allow them to, you know, to frighten me anymore. I I don't have any issues with that, but... um, I I will say, and I wanted to share, uh, there was another time that we had a really powerful experience when we had been called to a home where a woman was, her daughter was being harassed terribly by seeing a black shadow moving down the hall and it would stand by her door. And this frightened that kid beyond belief. And I thought, ooh, okay. So we drove about two hours to get to these people and uh, we stood outside and I knew there was a ton of activity going on. Some of it was unrelated. It was outside and a lot of it was related on the inside. This little girl was dabbling in Ouija boards. She was dabbling in candle lighting and chanting and all kinds of things. She had opened up a plethora of avenues for these things to come to you. And they come to you through your mind first. You conceive it 
and then you make it happen by doing something to bring them in. And once they do, they can come in. You know, one man in the scripture had a legion. One man had a legion of demons. Yeah, and um, that's the whole thing. So that brings me to what are some of the what are some of the things that people do that uh, inadvertently, inadvertently, or even unbeknownst to them, invite these things into their life? I know you mentioned Ouija board. What what are some of the other things that they do that is dangerous to you know attract attention? Reading books, you know, getting involved in in. Um lifestyles that are unbecoming and uh, cruel, different types of cruelty, not to just children or others, but um, animals and sacrificing things and all kinds of ways. I mean, there's, there's a million answers to that question, how they do it. A lot of people just read books and, or they idolize someone and they, they start putting people as idols in and the lord is a jealous god he said thou shalt have no idols before me but people do it i mean even in the catholic church they sit there and worship all these you know graven images and you you have to wonder you know are they not listening but this allows things to take over our lives and infiltrate our minds But let me go back to this one house that I went to. Um, When I went in, this spirit in this girl's room that was the black shadow tried to attack me and tried touching me. And I do not allow anything to touch me. And I immediately called called it out and said, I refuse that you touch me. You may not touch me. And yet I could see this spirit. And this child was absolutely engulfed in fear. You know, she her whole life, her her grades were falling. Her whole life was just really, really ruined. Well, just before I got a call from her mother, I had a dream the night before. And in the dream, I was fighting demons. There was like three of them, big, huge demons, really wore me out. And when I woke up, I was more tired than when I had gone to bed, seriously. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm seeing in this fighting these demons, I'm seeing a dresser and a door and next to the the dresser, the door has like paneling on it. And then I'm seeing a a row of cherry, like library, um, uh, I forget what you'd call them, like where you'd put your books in a library, like, but they were really beautiful shelves, like made of cherry, they were wood. And I asked the woman before I left to go to their house with the little girl and the, and this dark spirit, I said, do you happen to have cherry bookshelves in your home? And she said, yes. And I said, well, do they have like this certain type of top? And she said, yes. And I said, and do you have a door in your house uh, that is paneled? And she said, well, yes, we do. 
And I thought, okay, you're the one. And I said, I fought these demons last night. I'm coming to your home now to cleanse your home. And that's why we drove the two hours in one direction to get to her, because I had had the dream the night before, and that was not a coincidence, that I saw these things in the dream as I fought the demons that were already there. The house would be cleansed once I got there. And this has happened, oh, probably a hundred times for me in my life. I'll have the dream and then within two to three days the phone will ring and I've seen the inside of their house already. I've already been there in the spirit realm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you got a foot foothold on it already. You've got a little preview or a vision pretty much. Right. And so I know I'm in the right place and I know what I'm fighting. Now Terry I know you traveled to go, you know, to houses like that one you just mentioned to help people. Mm-hmm. However, do these demons, some of them may know you're coming, do they try to stop you? Do they ever get in your car, try to distract you or, or, or do something bad to, to keep you from getting there? You know, they do try to frighten you. Okay, so another thing that happened in 1986, before I went out with the church, I was in my home, I had done the laundry, and I'm home alone because my kids are in school. So, you know, my husband's working, I'm at home alone. I'm in my bedroom, and I'm folding the clothes, I had done two or three loads, and they were all dry now. And so I've got this big basket, and I'm folding the clothes. And I'm in the bedroom. And it's broad daylight, you know, not night, broad daylight. And all of a sudden, this huge indentation goes in my bed. Like somebody just sat down, but there was no one there. That'll get your attention. Oh, let me tell you, that threw me for a loop. Oh, yeah. So I, I immediately rebuked it. It didn't leave. The indentation was still there. And I thought, how dare you? So I went over and sat in the indentation. And then I spoke and said, get out of this house. And I got up. The the indentation was still there. And I screamed in the name of Jesus, get out of this house. And the indentation rose out of the bed. Yeah, that you know, anytime you have an indentation on furniture or a bed, that's always a that, that will get your attention real fast. I, I, well, scare scare the heck out of you if you do not yeah. stand firm in the Lord. If you do not really listen, listen, you've got to be strong and courageous in the Lord, like Deuteronomy thirty one six says. If you're not. You'll be screaming at the top of your lungs and running out of the house. You won't even know what to do, believe me. But it says also in Isaiah 41, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I'm like, okay. You know, and there's another uh, scripture that says, if I am for you, who can be against you? And I'm like, yeah, who do these little demons think they are? You know, I'm not playing games with them. I I watch a lot of people on TV go in and go, oh, who are you? You know, why are you here? How did you die? When I go in to cleanse a house, they're hiding from me. (laughs) I'm not there to talk turkey. I'm not there to find out who they are, what they did wrong, or, you know, why they're still there. I'm there to cleanse that space and get them out. And they know the difference between me walking in that house and, say, a psychic who wants to play with them. Yeah. Now, 
Whenever you get them out of the house, do they do they like leave the house and maybe are they free to yes, go somewhere yes. else? Or you do you ever bind them to something? You send them someplace specific? I have many times. I've sent them into the ocean into a fish, and I've asked the Lord to not let that fish die to keep those demons in that fish. I don't like to put them in animals because animals can be possessed. That that can happen, and so I I don't ever ask them to go into animals. I really like them in the sea and in the fish. This is why I don't dive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I just see on cruises. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I can just see you swimming in the ocean. You're going to have a whole school of fish coming at you. <laughs> I probably would, <laughs> and, and I deal with them. I'm sure I'm not afraid of them. Honestly, you you have to get to be a place. I love being. Alone. I have an old antebellum mansion that my husband bought me. You know, we just love our house. And um, we're out here in Tennessee. I love being in this place alone. I love it because it's cleansed, it's clean, it's clear. I enjoy being by myself. I'm not afraid. And not a lot of people can actually say that. Most people I know are afraid to be alone. Right. You know, that do this because it can be frightening. But if you know who you are in Christ, you have power. We don't have the power. He has the power. I stand in him, not alone, or I would be afraid. Now, I'm going to ask your opinion on something. Somebody I know, somebody close to me, he did, this was a long time ago, he was back in the 80s, late 80s. He was going to the investigations and stuff, and he came across this place about midnight in the country, and he heard some chanting and stuff, and he looked, and he could see there was, I don't know, 12, 13 people. They had robes on. There was a table uh, by a tree, and there was a machete on the table, he said, and then there was a goat chained to the table uh, around a bonfire. What do you think was going on there? He was seeing this? Yeah, it was. these were real people. It was, you know, they were doing something. I don't know what they were doing. They were having some kind of a ceremony or something in the middle of nowhere. Well, I don't think that it was a healthy ceremony. I don't think it was anything sanctioned under godliness. Or, yeah, yeah you know, right. Obviously, these people were looking to become possessed, and I'm sure they all are. You know, I'm telling you. And, you know, speaking of this, what are some of the warning signs that are the symptoms that people may have that, you know, they may be possessed or something is uh, attached to them or maybe close to being possessed? It's very much like drug addiction or alcoholism, anything like that. It is a change in their personality, their attitude. It is a change in the way they speak and the way they act. They're depressed. They can be very vicious at times, very cruel. They can say things that are um, inappropriate, and they can act inappropriately. Uh, A true possession is something that stands apart from just, you know, somebody that interacts with something. Once you're possessed, you're not the same person you were just before that possession. You're, you're changed, and fear runs you. It guides you. You are led by fear, and 
you're constantly in fear of what's happening around you. You think people are talking about you. You become paranoid. I mean, it's a very serious thing. It hinders a lot of people. And do you think in some of the in some of the rare cases in history that maybe a demon possessed somebody and they murdered somebody? I mean, of course, you can't prove that in court of law, but you think there's some of those cases out there that is scenarios that have happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you get involved with demonic activity, you go into a darker spot in a place in your mind, and that's who you are. It becomes who you are and what you're known for. You know, there's times when I'm just grocery shopping at Kroger and I'm walking, you know, down the aisle looking for, you know, the tuna or something and somebody will walk past me and I'll just shiver and I'll think to myself, oh my God, that person. And this person could be dressed really wonderfully. They could look great with their nails done in their hair and have beautiful matching heels and purse. But that person is seriously possessed. Oh, that's interesting. So I've actually walked to the other side of a store because that's how powerful their spiritual depression was. I didn't even want to be in the in the you know checkout lane with them. I've changed checkout lanes. <laughs> yeah, I, you just explained why a certain store I won't mention I go to and I come home I feel drained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, it's they are there. They are out there. They're out there by the millions. Many people today, darkness is very prevalent. Sin, lies, look at our media. My God, they don't know what they're doing anymore. They're all just in it for the money. They don't care what they spit out. You know, but it's a really dark world right now. Oh, there's a, there's definitely a lot going on. Let me tell you, you can, mm-hmm. you can spit out thinking about that. And fear is definitely a major tactic. And again, I... I I know there's a lot of reports that fear feeds these things and it makes you weaker. And I'm sure that, you know, it makes common sense that it would do that. But, um, Terry, I got to tell you something. Uh, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time. I know. We're almost out of time. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, we covered a lot of great and scary stuff. I got to tell you, you have been through some scary things. Uh, yeah, I have. I was hoping to talk about the dog, uh, my dog, but we'll have to do that another time. Yeah, because I wanted to get to that. But, um, yeah, we'll have to touch on that again with some pets and animals I had some questions for. But anyway, uh, we're almost out of time. What would you like to share to our listeners? Well, if they would like to reach out to me, if they've got questions, they can go to my website. It's terryling.com. That's T E R I L Y. N-G-E.com. And I'll get back to you. Just leave me a message, reach out to me. Um, and while you're there, you know, you can read some of my many experiences. I have everything from the paranormal to the extraterrestrial to the um, spiritual, demonic, angelic, you know, lots of different things. And I talk about them so that people can glean a little bit of information. And I really can't help. So if somebody needs help, I can help you. You cover a whole wide spectrum of things. Uh, I, I do. Yeah, that's well, what the Lord led me into. Well, <laughs> what thank, am I doing? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate you being my guest. Um, and I hope you have a great rest uh, of the week. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> and hey, Merry Christmas to you. Well, thank you. You too. And everybody, check out her website and everything she's got going. If you have any questions or issues, there's the lady to help you right there. Well, now, if you have any questions that you would like to ask our guest or have any future guest um, suggestions for me, send me an email. Send me an email to scaryhitmanshow at gmail.com. Show at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you want to ask the guests, any guest suggestions for me, just send it to me and we'll see what we can do about that. In the meantime, everybody, hope you be safe out there and, you know, have a great week. Green County, Pennsylvania was unknown to paranormal enthusiasts until the Kevin Paul Amazon bestseller, Haunted Hills and Hollows, What Lurks in Green County, Pennsylvania, revealed the phenomena lurking in and the haunted history of the southwestern corner of the Keystone State. Even more high strangeness can be found in book two of the series, Kevin Paul's Haunted Hills and Hollows 2, still lurking in Green County, Pennsylvania. One thing is certain. It is nearly impossible to be alone in Green County. These riveting books, Haunted Hills and Hollows, and Haunted Hills and Hollows 2, by author Kevin Paul, in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks, are available now on Amazon.